Hi, this is Ronnie Ann Ryan, intuitive coach, and welcome to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. In this show, we'll talk about mystical methods, spiritual practices, and magic to grow spiritually, live well, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, connect with spirit, and embrace the magic that is all around you. To learn more about intuitive coaching with me or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoy the show, please rate it or write a review and subscribe and share it with a friend. May good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. And now, on with the show! On this episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Allison Stillman, a renowned aromatic alchemist, author, teacher, and transformational life coach. She is considered an expert on the historical use of essential oils in religious and spiritual ceremonies. Her book, The Sacred Art of Anointing, is a result of her 40 years of research and practical experience with essential oils and anointing and is featured in the Harvard Divinity School Library. That's impressive. Allison is featured in several New York Times number one bestsellers, including by Marcy Shimoff, Ariel Ford, Jonathan Collins. Amazing. She coaches people around the world to begin to use essential oils to transform every area of their lives and release old programs and paradigms to create the life of their dreams. All I can say is welcome, Allison. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be with you. I've been looking for someone to talk to about aromatherapy for a long time. And you are the one. Yay. Thank so, you. Very exciting. I am a fan of essential oils, but my first love was Bach flower remedies. So when I use essential oils, I do use them from the Bach flower idea of looking at the emotional benefits that come from working with plants. That's how I look at it. And there might be people who disagree with me, but that's what works for me. So I'm excited to talk about that too, because I'm I'm relatively new. I've only been working with some essential oils for maybe three years or so. I'm a huge fan of green mandarin. Oh my gosh. Something brings pure potential. I'm going to put some on right now. <laughs> Good idea. I put oils on before before I even came down to start this podcast with you. I, well, I put them on every single day, so that's okay. nothing new, but yes. Let's talk about the book about anointing and what we need to know about anoint, because I don't think I do that. I don't know what that really is. Well, let's just start with a description of what anointing is to begin with. When you anoint something or someone or yourself, you're taking a consecrated oil or water and you are rubbing it on yourself or your loved one and you are consecrating it. And when you consecrate something, you're making and declaring it sacred and divine so having a ceremony of just anointing ourselves with maybe if if people don't have a lot of essential oils, you could take lavender and you could take a drop or two of lavender and you could anoint your heart, the crown of your head, and you're making a declaration to yourself that you are sacred and divine. And it's also declaring that out to the universe so that as you walk out into the world, you're carrying that frequency of being sacred and divine into the world. That's kind of the, in a nutshell, what anointing really means. And we've seen it 
in ancient cultures, my recollection of it comes from the Egyptian times, the temples of the priests and priestesses that used to do elaborate anointing ceremonies. And many of the modern day sacraments that we see in religious traditions are based upon these ancient elaborate rites. We lost as individuals in the collective, we lost the ability to do that for ourselves during the Christian Inquisition because anything around that was taboo and, you know, millions of people were killed for things like that. So it really isn't up until the early 1920s that aromatherapy even came back into our world again. I was really one of the first ones to bring anointing back into the world. And it was through a very serendipitous, magical experience where I started to recall my life in Egypt as a priestess doing these anointing rites. Ooh, I got chills. Let me say thank you for, from humanity for bringing this back into a way of being. But you know, the first thing that came into my head was I read that book, Woman with the Alabaster Jar. So it's about following the possibility of Mary Magdalene and Jesus being a couple and married. And they refer to, you know, that's that story that's in the Bible about she put what is it, frankincense and myrrh on his, some Spike kind of oils. Nard. Spike nard. Okay. Yeah. So she puts that on his feet. Now, according to the book, that was a tradition about marriage ceremony or something they were alluding to. So time's gone by and nobody knows about that stuff anymore. But that's the first thing that came into my head as you were telling that story. Well, interesting too that you say that. So spikenard is one of the holy oils along with frankincense and sandalwood and palo santo and myrrh. They're very holy and they have psychoactive properties to them, which means they induce visionary states, which is why still to this day, a lot of the Catholic church, Greek Orthodox churches all burn the resin of frankincense in the sanctuaries so that when people come in, they're no longer focused. Oh, we got to go shopping after church or mass or whatever it is. And they go into a meditative state. And I've had so many experiences with that to know that to be true. Also too, I, I think I love that you brought that up about Mary Magdalene because really an incredible way to use essential oils to have an effect on the body is through the reflex points of the feet. So not only are you consecrating and making and declaring this loved one sacred and divine and protecting, but perhaps we lost a little bit of the translation. Perhaps there was some sort of physical reason for that to happen. They've done a lot of testing around how you can raise the frequency of internal organs by applying essential oils to the feet, the reflex points of the feet. So I think it's so interesting that that's one of the areas that she chose to anoint him. And I know that she was anointing his heart, his third eye, the crown of his head, the palms of his hands in anticipation of the crucifixion, right? Yeah. And also I want to speak to something else too, because I just think it's so fascinating. There's evidential proof that Mary lived in the South of France. They found a cave quite a few years ago. I don't know if you know about that research where there were coins and oils and lots of different things found in this cave that came from Jerusalem. So Ah. in my mind's eye, (laughs) that's a true story. They actually did. Well, you know, they also found the... Oh, the testaments. Oh my gosh, I was trying to say gospel. 
they found one written by Mary Magdalene or about Mary Magdalene. They found they found them written, you know, in those in the Dead Sea, Dead sea Scrolls. She had her own. And I was just listening to a podcast the other day by a woman named Terry Uktana, who does a lot with the Akashic Records. And she was talking about intuition. And she said something I never thought about, which is that, as you mentioned, the palms of your hand, the soles of your feet, and the length of your spine is where we gather information intuitively. That's actually how we gather the information. The third eye is a way to connect with all there is, but it's also through those places on our body that we understand and call in the energy to pick up things. And that's why the hairs on the back of your neck stand up because that's bringing in information. It's uh, your alert system. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. That is so cool on so many levels. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. And I want to share something too, is just as we're talking about the intuition and how our hands and our feet, it's actually our entire bodies. It's that electromagnetic field around us, or some people call it the aura, right? And it's a vibratory frequency of energy that exists three feet around our bodies. And the HeartMath Institute has actually measured that energy out from our hearts to extend about eight feet, which is as far as they could, could measure it. And I did a really interesting study with a friend of mine who is very brilliant at seeing the auric field. That's That's been her specialty for 45 years. Wow. And I said, I want to just do, I, I want to sit with you. I want to put oils on. I want to smell them. I want to see what happens to the energetic body when we use essential oils and when we smell essential oils. It was so fascinating because we walk around in the world, we're all connected it's one big energetic field. We're all connected. It's all coming in and going out all the time. And a lot of times we pick up energies when we're out in the world and they cling to us. Then they go into our emotional being. We're aware of them. And then sometimes if we don't clear them, they can go into the physical. Well, smelling essential oils and putting them on the body actually reinforces all of the holes in your energetic body and strengthens them. And back to frankincense, this was so interesting all I did was smell frankincense with her. And she said, oh my gosh, she had this like bright eyed look on her face. And she said, I've never seen this before. And I said, what, what are you seeing? She said, it's bringing gold into your aura. And the only other time I've seen this is when I've looked at pictures of Jesus and Buddha and they have gold in their aura. And I went, okay, great. If it's good enough for Jesus and Buddha, I'm going to be doing this every single day. Oh, I love that. You know, that's really interesting because when I do, I do some energy healing work and I have people bring in gold light, which I learned about initially way, 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 way back with Reiki. Yes. I'm a Reiki master as well. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. So that is really, that's an amazing story. And of course it's everything I can do, but want to reach around and go get my frankincense. <laughs> <laughs> you will do that as soon as we're done. I'm sure. <laughs> you got it. Goes to show you how significant essential oils can impact us. We always think that it's just a physical level that we're taking them because it makes us feel good or it may, it kills off bacteria and virus and things like that. But on a on emotional and spiritual level, they're equally as powerful. And that's 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 one of the things that if I were going to say anything about anointing and essential oils, I would say that using essential oils to consecrate yourself every single day is the fastest way I've 
ever encountered to awaken divinity within someone. And, and I've, I'm a sound therapist. I do energy work, massage. I've done a lot of different modalities. Nothing is as fast or as powerful for touching divinity within and reminding us of the truth of who we really are. Okay, I'm sold. So that brings me to standing in your power. So if you're connecting with your divine energy, how does that relate to standing in your power? Do you make a connection? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we are spiritual beings in a human body, having a human experience purely to know ourselves as that. Right. And so I love Neil Donald Walsh's book, Conversations with God, when he talked about why do we have suffering and fear and pain in the world? It's because it gives perspective to love and joy and unity and harmony. And without the opposite expression, we wouldn't have that perspective to know how incredible, how ecstatic it is to be in a state of love and unity and oneness, because that's the truth of who we really are. And we, we when we go into that, whether it be in a relationship, you look into your lover's eyes and you just go, oh, I'm so in love with you. That feeling, that's who we are. It's not that that person's giving it to us. They're reflecting it back uh, reflecting. to us. Uh-huh. Wow. That's what Esther Hicks, who channels Abraham also says, right? It's all about the contrast. And that's what gives, it's really the same exact sentiment or statement. Yeah. So very, yeah. very cool. What about releasing old patterns? I'd love to do some of that. What do you recommend? I'll just share a little story because I think this is so relevant to, to that whole question. So I did a lot of work with Bob Proctor. I think I took 17 different workshops with Bob over the years. One of my great mentors and teachers, as well as Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's a current mentor for me. And when I went to the very first workshop, with Bob. I loved his work so much because it's really about getting out of that old belief system and aiming much higher in life and achieving higher goals, right? Setting your sights on a goal that you think is so totally unrealistic, but just focusing on that goal. And then you start to up level and come into new ideas of ways to manifest that where you are currently, you don't see. And so as I was listening to him in that first workshop, I said to myself, oh my gosh, if you could connect his work with the aromatherapy piece and you, the fastest way to access the emotional and behavioral centers of the brain are through the sense of smell. Also the amygdala, which stores long-term memory is also accessed very quickly through the sense of smell. And if you could combine his work with the aromatherapy piece, oh my gosh, you could clear programs so fast in people. And so I went to the next workshop and I said the exact same thing to myself. I said, oh my gosh, I have got to tell him about the aromatherapy piece, right? Because I've been working with it for, well, I've been working with oils for 50 years now. And the third workshop, you know, I'm like, I have got to get up there and tell him this piece. And spirit said to me, he's not supposed to do that. You are. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so uh -huh. I developed my coaching based on that and the 30 years of doing the anointing rites of passage for people 
because I've gotten very good at asking the questions to get people down to their core issues. In addition to being very intuitive, you know, all the work that I've done on myself and personal development and working with Bob and Dr. Joe, et cetera, I'm really good at getting there. And it's, we all basically have very similar core issues that by the time we're five years old, we borrowed all those beliefs and programs and they're set. And then we start building all our walls up to survive in this human experience and this planet of suffering. And we're run by those programs. We don't even realize it, right? And so they're buried in the subconscious. And so essential oils can go into the brain and they can awaken that subconscious awareness. And we can start to go in and say, okay, what happened when you were five? What was going on with your mom and dad then? And then using affirmations said in a very specific manner and aromatherapy piece to establish new memory in that amygdala for the long-term memory and a new emotional patterning and new behavioral patterns, then you can clear those programs really quickly and say, okay, here's who I am now. Here's what I'm manifesting now. And I'm so happy and grateful for the truth of who I am in this moment. And you say that to yourself every single day over and over and over again. That sounds very powerful. It is. You know, I, I feel so blessed that I get to do it because I watch these miracles happen with people. I'll give you an example. This is this was a really fun one. I had a really dear friend in Santa Barbara. This was, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. And I did a session on her and I said, okay, what do you want to manifest? And this was in December of that year. And she said, I want to buy my first house. And I said, okay, when do you want to buy that by? She said, I want to buy it within one year. And I said, okay, so write down December, and I forget the year, the December of that year, you're going to be in your new house. And so she writes it down. And then we did all the deep work, got into the programming, got some affirmations, got the oil to her. I got a text from her four months later. She said, I just bought my new house. And I'm oh like, my oh my gosh, that's so incredible. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That. That's pretty spectacular. Yes. And I have quite a few stories just like that. You know, people that manifest exactly what they want when they clear out the blocks and the beliefs that they can't make that happen. Yeah. What a relief. Yeah. That's incredible. And what an, that's a lot of freedom that comes when you get rid of all that stuff. You can eat more easily get into alignment with what your highest path is anyway, Yes, and the absolutely. truth, like going back to the truth of who you are. So yes, absolutely. I'm loving your stories. And I think, you know, for me, I believe we're already all enlightened. We came in that way. And any practice that we do, any kind of spiritual practice, whether it's yoga, prayer, meditation, anointing, Reiki, sound therapy, whatever it is, because there's lots of them. Yes. It's just a reminder to bring us back to the true essence of who we are. I had a, a, one of my best teachers ever was, I took six years off in the midst of my very spiritual journey and became the marketing director for an internet technology company that sold litigation support to lawyers. And I was wow. in New York one week a month meeting with corporate lawyers, heads of law firms, CEOs that are involved in very large litigation. And I had to get up at four o'clock in the morning and do an hour long 
practice, anoint myself, meditation, affirmations, sound work. And I had to come home at night <laughs> and do the same thing. And I had a traveling altar that went with me to New York. And I did it in New York before I, I went to all these meetings. Because as you know, as many people know, that's a very intellectual, heady game. And I was in my head a lot. Yeah. And I'd come home and I'd just go, oh my gosh. And I'd sit in front of my altar and I'd do my practices and I'd go, oh yeah, here I am again. Here I am again. And it taught me one of the most beautiful things about it was that I led with my heart in that. And so I built beautiful relationships and people would say, well, you don't even have a product yet, but I'd love hanging out with you. Can you come back next month? It was like, yeah, I can. Because I would always find the heart in people because that's where we really reside as divine, supernatural creator beings. Well, that also demonstrates the a tremendous amount of dedication because you know an hour of self-care in the morning at four in the morning and then I don't know how much time you spent after that's a lot of self-care and meditation and whatever so that's a tremendous amount of dedication and discipline to be frank frank and honest like I don't know that I have that kind of discipline I'm impressed again well the discipline and devotion grew out of the necessity for it. it it was a survival mechanism because if I didn't do it I was just like oh oh you know I would just would I'd feel like I'd have to peel my skin off because I was just yeah. in this heady arrogant crazy material world and it's it's never been the truth of who I am and so if I didn't do it I suffered so it was really a matter of survival and the uh -huh. discipline and devotion grew out of that because I was, I was kind of haphazard in my meditation. I could go a few days and I'd, you know, I put my oils on still, but it wouldn't be as strong as that practice as those six years taught me how to survive in that world. Well, I certainly understand the struggle of surviving in the corporate world because I, I did not fit in there at all. And I used to laugh about being in a corporation and how I could have done my job in two and a half days a week if everybody would just shut up, get out of the way and not make me redo everything to their perfection and liking or whatever. Because a lot of times, whatever I did, it wasn't wrong. It just didn't have their little fingerprint on it. And it was just so much posturing and power hungering and whatever. And it had nothing to do with getting the work done. You know, I, I remember sitting in a meeting once I was bad. I'll just say that. <laughs> I was sitting in a meeting once. This guy was a team leader. So everybody who touched his brand was in this meeting. And it was such a waste of time, honest to God, because, you know, for, except for the five minutes that you spoke, it was just, you know, the, the theory was that everybody would unite, but really everybody was bored. And so I would bring my mail, my internal office mail <laughs> to read. And there was always a stack of it because I never read it. And he would always try to catch me reading and not paying attention. Never got me once. Tried so much. I got so good at reading and listening at the same time. I don't know how I did it. But anyway, I, I just couldn't handle being that ineffective and inefficient. <laughs> not that I'm the queen of efficiency by any means, but it was just torture to me. So I just didn't fit in that situation at all. And I was also, I, you know, I'm very, here I am. This is what I think. You know, I don't hide a lot. I've gotten better with age for sure. 
So, so anyway, I can really relate to how much that would be needed because I could never survive that now. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, just going to the mall is the dramatic, you know, being out with all those people. I went to a Halloween party and I had a healing a few days later and she goes, did you, what, did you go to a party or something? I'm like, yeah. She goes, yeah, there's some creepy energy. Let me get rid of it. And it was so weird. Cause when I walked in with my husband, I said, the energy in here is really creepy. There's creepy people. And I mean, I know it's Halloween, but it was more than that. It wasn't. And then when she ever said that, I was like, oh, see, I'm not crazy. (laughs) Back back to why it's wonderful to anoint ourselves every day to reinforce our energetic body. And I also learned this happened back. I'm going to say this was 22 years ago or so, 23 years ago. And I started having a lot of clients come in with dark stuff in their, in their energetic field. And I I work with a whole posse of angels. I have my whole life, but seriously with the anointing work. And I asked my angels, I said, okay, what is happening? And it was during the war in Kosovo and a million people were killed in Kosovo. And it was definitely a genocide. And what they showed me was so interesting. This is going to get very woo woo here, but it was very real that A lot of these souls, because they died so violently and so quickly, they didn't have time to ascend completely. And so they got trapped in a current floating around the earth and they started looking for pinpoints of light on their way home. And they started seeing all these spiritual seekers that are light beings, right? Bringing more light into their bodies. And they started aiming for that, right? And so they said, you need to start telling everyone Everyone comes in with a guardian angel and this is a free will zone and it's hands off. And they're looking at you, Ronnie, and they're going, oh no, what is she going to do now? Oh no, she's not going to do that. Right. (laughs) Walking into a creepy room for an example. Right. And until we ask for their assistance, it's hands off. They said, you need to tell everyone to call forth their guardian angel to surround, empower, and protect them so that nothing but love and light or whatever else you consciously call forth is allowed to stick to the field. It can come in and inform you and be returned to sender. And so I share, and I'm sharing that with everyone because everyone that I've shared that with notices a difference. So that's so interesting. There are really two schools of thought and probably a lot more about this whole idea of protection. Some people feel that you're automatically protected and you don't need to summon protection because you are protection. However, if you feel like you need protection, then you do. And I learned that from Serge Kahili King who's a Hawaiian shaman. And he was very big on that. He goes, if you think you need protection, you better do it. But he didn't feel that you needed protection automatically. So it maybe it's also related to how empathic you are or how open you are or how aware you are or whatever. So maybe there's something in that as well. Not to negate what you were saying, but just that I've noticed other schools of thought on that. And I have a hard time always trying to pr- protect myself in every situation. But now, I just wake up in the morning and do it in the morning in bed before I get out of bed. So I walk in a sanctuary of light 
it can come in and inform me and it's returned to sender. Everything that I'm consciously bringing forth in my life and manifesting gets to stick to my field. Because I think with the recent advent of quantum physics, we're seeing that what Stephen Hawking's coined the living mind of God is this energetic light field that is everywhere and everything all connected, all one, which means it's coming and going all the time right? And it's not my job to change anybody's reality. That's not my job. I'm here to be the brightest, highest frequency of love that I can possibly be. And that's why I like working with essential oils because they're all frequencies. And so they change my frequency and elevate my frequency. That's the biggest gift that I can give to humanity. Well, that's pretty good. So when you're talking about aromatherapy, you're really talking about the impact of the essential oil, because there was a time when aromatherapy was just about smelling stuff. It, it, It actually has never been just about that. And when it started, when it came back in the early 20s, 1920s with Maurice Gattifas, and he was actually experimenting with lavender essential oil, which was the first oil to come back into the world of aromatherapy in modern day times. And it was an accidental discovery. And he had burned himself in the lab one day and he had vats of water and vat of lavender. And he just stuck his arm in the vat of lavender and it didn't blister and it didn't burn and it didn't scar. And so he said, okay, something, this is powerful medicine. This is incredible healer here. I need to look at the constituents. Now, lavender, besides tea tree, is probably the most widely researched essential oil. And they have about 350 different chemical components they've found in lavender in and of itself. It's what's called the universal oil. It's it's, It's one of the most widely researched next to tea tree. And so it's actually came back as a physical it came back more for the physical components of it, right? And how it can benefit and help us in our physicality. And then they started looking at the emotional components of it, of how it's calming and soothing and relaxing and brings peace into the the emotional center. And so the emotional center really came more after the physical, the physical kind of led the way, right? Aromatherapy in and of itself is is now a lot more researched in how smells can affect memory, how smells can affect happiness, joy, love, increase love in our lives. All those different things have been studied a lot more. And so we see it a lot more, hence the name aromatherapy. Is that like when you bake cookies in the house before you try to sell it? <laughs> That's correct. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Because the number one oils for men, they they did the study at the Monell Taste and Smell Institute and they let, wanted- Let me see. guess. Vanilla. Vanilla and cinnamon. Oh, Mike. Yeah. Right. That's why Cinnabon actually diffuses. Well, I don't know that they're still in a lot of airports, but diffused cinnamon and vanilla into the airport to get people in to buy the cinnamon buns. That's so funny. That's amazing. Yeah. There's some amazing studies about how the sense of smell affects how you shop, how you spend your money. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Right. Because the fastest way to access the emotional center of the brain is through the sense of smell. Huh. All right. Well, there you go. Learn something new every day. So if you were going to share one last 
piece of information about essential oils and how to use them, what would that be for the listeners? I would say just start. Go get yourself a bottle of lavender. It's the easiest oil to use. One or two drops, no more than that. They're concentrated, they're volatile, they're strong. Never take it internally, never use it on an open wound. Although I have, I will say that because they're cell regenerative, antibacterial, antiviral, all essential oils are antiviral and antibacterial, which is really good to know in today's world. Yeah. And just start by smelling it. Put a couple drops in the palm of your hand, cup it over your nose, smell it, and notice how you feel after you do that. Put a drop on your heart, put a drop on your pillow and sleep at night. If you have children that are having nightmares, put a drop on their pillow, let them smell it at night before they go to sleep. Just place little simple things like that to just get started. Because what I do know, having taught workshops for so many years, is that when you start to use essential oils, we've been using them for, in recorded history, 10,000 years. They've been our allies for a very long time. We will remember we will start to develop an intuitive knowingness about them. And then we can start to go deeper with other oils. Oh, fantastic. All right. Now I know you have a free gift you want to share too. Yes. So I have a free course called the Alchemy of Abundance because Ooh. I've been working with essential oils to manifest more abundance in people's lives as well as my own. And so I have a free course that... I will share the link for, and people can go and watch the video and there's a download with it and it's using aromatherapy to create more abundance in our lives. How exciting. I'm going to download it as soon as I get the, get the link. That's fantastic. All right. It'll be in the show notes. So look for everything there. Thank you so much, Allison. This has been Amazing. I've loved every minute. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and knowledge about essential oils and so many other things. My pleasure. You can tell I love talking about it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you for giving me the platform to share. My pleasure. Do you have a big decision that you're struggling with? Or do you have trouble making decisions? Or maybe you just want confirmation that you're headed in the right direction and made the right choice. Well, I've created a special gift for you called How to Ask the Universe for a Sign. In this free half-hour audio program, you're going to learn exactly how to ask the question, how to set everything up so that you can get an answer within 24 hours and finally know one way or another what you should be doing about a particular situation. This has worked so well for me. I'm happy to share it with you. To listen, just go to it's never too late dot biz slash sign. So that's N-E-V-E-R-T-O-O-L-A-T-E dot B-I-Z slash S like in Sam, I-G-N. And it's my pleasure to share that with you. It's a simple tool to use that offers amazing and wonderful results. Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode and share the magic with a friend. 
This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Bye.